0: Hello everyone and welcome to
1: Shit Your Shrink Thinks! Oh, it's time for the podcast, don't you know? oh so midwestern <laughs> yes i thought it'd be fun to i like it throw it in there Oop, yeah i'm to scooch by you there eh? yeah let me scooch by you there and get that ranch i gotta scooch by get the ranch and get my cheddar cheese sauce ope. i say ope so often oh yeah yeah like I- if if i am running into somebody or if i think that i'm like an inconvenience in somebody's space space mm. <laughs> don't get in their space i'm always like oh, ope, op, ope, ope, ope ope don't you know ope I
0: am actually from one of the states that is famous for oping, <laughs> which I will not disclose, but we are basically the Great White North. And I will just say that, well, if you can put the clues together, it is a state that knows convenience stores as party stores.
1: Mm. We go
0: to the party store, we say op. We do definitely have some Canadianisms. Apparently, I say hockey weird. H- oh, really? Hockey?
1: Hockey? I say like an hacky. Instead of hockey, I know. Uh, my husband has said since hanging out with you, I now have said more bag instead of ba- like bag. Like I say, bag, bag, big, big. I say big bag. instead of bag.
0: I I, I think I say hard a's. Yeah. Anyway, oh, oh, it's time for the podcast. (laughs) It's exciting for everyone. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This week, we're doing a continuation on the last episode, Blinded by Science. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the scientific method and research methodology and good research versus poor research. Mm -hmm. But... Before we do that, we wanted to remind you that we do have a Patreon. The Patreon is www.patreon.com forward slash shityourshrinkthinks. If you're liking what we're putting down, feel free to donate. We have an email if you'd like to send us questions, comments, thoughts, additions corrections god no oh gosh
1: don't ever correct us <laughs> we, we don't want to know we don't want to know we already know we're already criticizing ourselves yeah, good.
0: it's bad in there just said <laughs> compliments how's that Do you yeah. want to send us compliments
1: compliments and tips yeah it's <laughs> hey, go for
0: this right <laughs> tips exactly so that's shit your shrink at gmail.com we have an instagram and a facebook under the same name and we uh, twitter exists we're going to be doing something on it eventually. yeah
1: yeah it's a little slow to get rolling and it is it's the abbreviation, so S Y S Y S T. Yeah. Okay. But if you search shit your shrink thinks, it will come, come up. up. Hey. Like you can search it that way. Right on. So what's good with you this week? So your poem last week really inspired me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It it just I wanted to share something that I just came across that was inspiring and hopeful to me. And I like that. Yeah. Please. I I would love to eat that up. I need that
0: nugget today. I'm very low energy. <laughs> we were before this I was definitely just eating a candy bar, <laughs> air-humping to dance music, like trying to get a sugar <laughs> high going and yelled, "I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew." Yes. So hopefully soon I will be able to bring that energy. <laughs>
1: so lay some positive stuff on me and I'll get more. And it actually is about positivity. So the key to staying positive. It does not mean that things will turn out okay. Rather, it is the knowing that you will be okay no matter how things turn out. Mm, Lots of
0: autonomy in that message. I like that a
1: lot. Yeah. And it's really a big coping skill of mine. I really like to try to zoom out when I'm in distress and I kind of imagine myself like a hero in a story. And this is just like that important dark moment that helps me, the character, you know, like grow Mm -hmm. and learn and expand and... Like, after all, you know, I try to process my emotions and what's going on. And once I've come out the other end, then I try to, like, ask myself, okay, so what did the hero learn from that experience? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, come on. (laughs) Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, like, no matter what life throws at you, like, unless you're dead, at which point, well, then I guess you're dead. (laughs) You know, like, you're going to be okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can figure it out. And if you trust in you and focus on that, then... Come at me, life. Yeah. I mean, but don't, please. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, thank you.
1: Yeah, I. you can think of it as character
0: development rather than a bad day. It's just right. character development. Right,
1: right. Things were going too smooth. We need to make the audience laugh a little. So they threw that little hiccup in your day, you know? <laughs> My uh, A
0: good family member of mine, who I love dearly, calls that how to create a character arc. And so she says that when something goes wrong, it's just adding to her villain arc,
1: her arch villain story. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like a Maleficent kind of. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm just a misunderstood villain at the end of the day. It just added to my villain arc, which I think is really cute. I like that. So I like to say it adds to my hero arc or my villain arc.
1: <laughs> I dig it.
0: What's good with you? So... I thought I would go with a fun fact this week about myself, just a a small one, nothing that interesting, but did I ever tell you that I used to own slash kind of like raise parrots?
1: Yeah. Ah? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Squawking. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. So I I feel like I have a lot of like random fun facts about myself and that's one of them. So when I was a kid, we used to have a menagerie of animals, just every animal, hamster, tortoise, Pig, dog. Well, we didn't have pigs. We had dogs, cats, everything, just everything, everything, all animals. And one of the things that we added were parrots. How many parrots? We had not not many, many, many at one time, just like a couple at one time. But still,
1: that's a couple parrots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn.
0: Yeah. And so we had, we mostly had Conyers. I don't know if you've heard of those, Jende Conyers and Sun Conyers. They're like Are mini they the... parrots. Oh, the smaller ones. Yeah, little baby parrots. And, I just want everybody to know that parrots are pretty fucking radical. They're really, really sweet. Really? I've only been attacked by a parrot. (laughs) (laughs) They're sweet to the one person they attach to. (laughs) I don't know if it was just Conyers or like parrots in general. Yeah. But the Conyers that we had were very attached to just, they would find one person that they liked. That was their person. That was their caregiver. And if they liked that person, it was like having a dog. They were so sweet. They would snuggle into the crook of your neck and your collarbone and they would kind of like roost and puff up their feathers and coo and make little noises. Oh, my goodness. Snuggle you. Yeah, they were super, super, super adorable. I mean, they'd bite the shit out of you if they didn't like you. Right. That, I mean, they were actually really good pets. They were super smart. They were really um, – they would kind of, like, bob their head or show Were they, their – Would
1: they make noises at night, though, or were they pretty quiet? No,
0: they were chill at night. Nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know if other – maybe larger
1: ones do. Yeah, Well, and the larger one, like a macaw, was, like – my friend had a couple of those, and it was, like, just loose in their house one day and, like, came running at me when I came at the door <laughs> and was like, Ah!
0: no we did not have loose birds (laughs) that's awesome though that actually that sounds so hillbilly i love
1: it where'd that parrot come from (laughs) they were really fancy parrots that's cool what
0: wow it was kind of
1: yeah that family had well it's not my
0: not my story okay (laughs) (laughs) whoa that sounds like some tiger king shit it was there was some tiger king shit I'm picking up some weird weird vibes. Anyway, so yeah, I had parrots. We actually never really got them to talk. I don't know if Connors just aren't talkative or what, but. I think
1: I'd be okay with that, though. Yeah. (laughs) I would probably, because they'd they'd only pick up on the bad ones, I feel like. (laughs) Or say weird shit. Yeah, the ones with a lot of emphasis. Yeah. So
0: they were sweet and I, yeah, I enjoyed them. They don't, or, well, ours didn't live as long as like the, you know, the really old ones. Mm. But is it? average or how long did yours kind of can you i have no idea i think we might have gotten some sickly ones so it was like mm. eight years or something okay. like that i was guessing at around the 10 mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know if it's
1: if a smaller time frame yeah. yeah
0: for for the smaller ones but yeah i actually that's su- so cool. i had birds and they were actually cool surprisingly it was <laughs>
1: It was a safari in your house. Yeah, it was a bit of a Dr. little situation. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Learn right, how to I mean, really care for a bunch of critters. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, I, I can care for a bunch of critters. I don't know that I wanted to, but I can <laughs> do that. <laughs> it's a weird indoor zoo. So what did you end up trying for the Outside of Session podcast experiment?
1: So we were going to, I was going to try to use more discernment with just life and research stuff. And I really didn't have much of an opportunity for that. I mean, it was really just kind of a busy, busy week. But I did kind of think about why am I so gung-ho to just believe certain things and instantly call bullshit on other things? Like with research, people, relationship situations, weird spiritual shit. Like, so I'm either all in or I'm all out sometimes. Yeah. And I was like, what the, what is up with that? And I was thinking, you know, it's just I really trust my intuition, Mm -hmm. definitely more with relationships and situations than with research i I definitely still need to use some discernment there but i think it's just that i i I can i believe in what i'm feeling and what feels true Mm -hmm. yeah so it was just an interesting uh exploration of where all that came from it was just an interesting exploration because like even as a kid i was stubborn and i knew what was for me and what i wanted what i didn't want i would like leave a situation yeah you know and Granted <laughs> that was more like in college when I was invited place that I wasn't really invited in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you were cool in high school? I was I mean, I think I was viewed kind of like an old lady stick in the mud, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I'm I'm I like getting older. I finally feel like I'm aging into my personality. <laughs> <laughs> the Nick Miller quote from New Girl. <laughs> yeah that's actually really cute i
0: i can appreciate that and i think trusting instincts is well we'll talk about that a little bit today is what is evidence and what right. constitutes research good research and what constitutes evidence at all who says what evidence is truth or reality right. i guess we're getting into the philosophy side of things right. but it's important it's important to understand the philosophy that you come from so that you know what your evidence is
1: right right yeah so you know what What kind of discernment you do need to utilize. Yeah. So what did you do for your outside of podcast experiment? How'd that go?
0: Well, I was going to use the kind of scientific method more with clients, but I ended up trying it with myself a little bit. So just as kind of a review for the audience of what the scientific method was, is you observe a situation, gather a lot of data, you make a hypothesis or a statement that you think... What is going on here? I think this is going on. Then you test the hypothesis using something observable and specific. If the hypothesis is true or false, you can find out more evidence or counter evidence, and you can then draw com- conclusions and then rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. You also want to admit that you don't know something if you if you don't know. <laughs> that's kind of right. the key. Like you don't if you don't have evidence either way. You can say I don't know. Needs more research. So. I've been having this thing lately. This is maybe a lot of self-disclosure. I don't know. Whatever. Hopefully nobody gets too uncomfortable with this. But lately I've been waking up or maybe for the past, I don't know, couple of months, I had been waking up maybe about like 11 p.m. each night, like mm. shooting awake in bed. And mm. I think I told you about this a while ago. Shooting awake in bed, like short breath, um, I had this dream each time that I was like dying. Like I had crossed into the world of the dead and I was actually dead. (laughs) Yeah. And then I would wake up, jerk awake, and it would be like heart racing, that sort of stuff. And it would happen always between like 10 and 11 o'clock because i go to bed at like nine. So the hypothesis or or what I described it as is lately I wake up with nightmares, about 11, with shortness of breath, thinking I'm dying, experiencing some kind of like heart palpitations. Right.
1: Yeah. Anxiety attack. Just waking up yeah. That's,
0: that was my hypothesis. So I said, okay, I think I'm having high anxiety. Um, and so the hypothesis I said is kind of, it's kind of two. One, mm-hmm. I think I'm having high anxiety. Two, if I meditate right before sleep, then my nightmares and whatever Ooh. that waking up might improve. Mm-hmm. So I tested it for a week and I recorded my sleep habits without intervention. And then one week with mindfulness for 10 minutes before bed. So you mm-hmm. got to have the one week without intervention. So you know, right. Your you have to have your baseline. Is. Yeah. Yeah and then i recorded the number of times that i awakened in the night and my perceived quality of sleep so my sleep did not get better with mindfulness oh dang it <laughs> yeah yeah so it's unlikely that that is a maybe an anxiety only thing mm. so then if the hypothesis is false you create a new one and you test it so i thought okay so not usually i go psychological first because that's what i know right. so i went medical on the second hypothesis i said okay I know that eating right before bed, like a monster, which I am wont to do, I like to eat all sorts of things <laughs> right before bed, actually can trigger heart, heart palpitations, even some anxiety and nightmares.
1: Oh. So
0: let me do the same design where I don't change anything and I just move back eating two hours. hmm And turns out that, that fixed it. No way. <laughs> yeah.
1: No way. <laughs> just eating like a demon right before bed. Oh. That was it. Okay, so I feel like you're calling me out. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, and
0: and interestingly enough, um, I'm not going to tell <laughs> the person who is listening will know what story this is. But a person close to me who also sees some patients was telling me that they had a patient and that their that patient and their wife. What had done an experiment about their sleep habits and Mm -hmm. they had controlled all of these different variables like taking melatonin, going to bed earlier, turning off the TV, changing Mm -hmm. the temperature. And they did this like year-long experiment with like 30 different variables and the one – this is where I got the idea – the one that had for each of them actually made a difference was eating right before bed. Whoa. It was the single variable that for both of them, if they ate directly before bed or like within then an hour or two. Then they slept worse. Yeah, they slept worse. Yeah. so Whoa. That's
1: where I got the idea. I need to stop hoarding cookies up to my room when I walk to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's
0: all about your value system. Do you prefer the sleep or the cookies? I'm not judging.
1: <laughs> you can still have the cookies, just have them at a different time. <laughs> that's so, interesting yeah Whoa.
0: yeah okay so I just I cool. wanted to give the audience an example of how we really do apply the yes. scientific method in our own lives and how important it is because I didn't have to go to a doctor for that right right like think about how much money and time I saved by just applying this shit myself right by just exploring
1: opportunities and options mm-hmm. with, yeah
0: yeah exactly and half the time a primary care provider is going to look at that and be like
1: oh no you're probably anxious and they don't know yeah
0: i mean right like yeah <laughs> it's like i'm sorry i'm the mental health professional here i think i know what anxiety is and even i got it wrong i th- i thought it might have been right turns out not so crazy
1: quite valuable and tr- yeah yeah i love that that's a, such a great example yeah. thank you for sharing that yeah So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about how we can
0: apply the scientific method to learn more about good research and poor research. Because I think what happens is people get, uh, how do I say this, hung up a lot of times on data that they see on either social media or, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, like clickbait sites And they don't really, it could be good data, but they don't really know how to determine whether it's good information or poor, whether it's actually any kind of fact checking on their own. Right. So let's chat about how we find information about, we'll talk about mental health, but this can actually apply to a lot of things. This method can apply to how you find information globally and how to make sure it's accurate information for you. So where do we look? What sources should we avoid? That sort of thing.
1: Right, right. So as far as like mental health stuff goes, I mean, initially I generally start with like trainings or, you know, baseline stuff from school and I branch off of that and start to explore and do my own research. Mm -hmm. Um, So that always gives me a good starting point to know kind of what maybe is reality versus not, like which is factual and not because I've already had a training that has expressed this is true, this has been researched, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do like to generally start there as just a practitioner for mental health type reasons. That's a great point. But otherwise, you know, if you have access to like a legitimate research library, you know, like an online college research library, go to a legitimate library. You know, we still have books, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Books, fuck yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking about America, fuck yeah. Yeah. Here to say, motherfucking day now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (gasps) We want to use books, yeah, definitely. And for like online guys, don't rely on just Google. Like, if you want to use Google, try Google Google Scholar. Otherwise, you know, Google does legitimately filter out. They have like an algorithm based on their stockholder bias. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh. So duck, duck, go. Mm-hmm. Is that alternative? Yeah, it could be an alternative.
0: I think that you made a really good point that one one thing is if you have any kind of like associates or bachelor's level of education, you want to start with coursework or classwork. That's a really great one. Yeah. But actually, there are also ways to get that same sort of lecture quality material from people who have doctoral degrees or master's degrees in the field mm-hmm. and you can go to you can log into trainings either online there's a lot of different training options we're not being sponsored by the way but like there are things like skillshare for example Yeah, skillshare. that you can take classes online oh, definitely. about you know the economy for example or you can audit university lectures that's mm, another example that's of a good idea do. yeah yep people do that a lot often there will be Library, this is like one of my favorite things. <laughs> Guys, the public libraries,
1: y'all should use them. They are not being accessed enough. No, they yeah. really
0: aren't because they will put on, um, when I was living, I lived in St. Louis at one point in time, and the public library would put on this uh, research forum for the month and they would have different speakers each week that would come and talk about like a designated topic. So one month would be mental health, one mm-hmm. month would be economics one month would be personal finance and they'd have a series of experts come in and you could a lot of them weren't free but some of them were you'd pay like twenty dollars for the class oh and, yeah it was really yeah good. that's yeah that's reasonable yeah and what you can do is you can ask that person there who's an expert in the field like mm. where did you get your sources where did yes. you get your information where should i look if i'm interested to find out more
1: and because they're talking about this, you know, they're passionate. They're going to be more than happy to give you all that info, guys. Oh, yeah,
0: man. If if people would come up to me after my lectures and be like, wow, I really, I really lo- love that information. I'd, I'd love to hear more about it. I've <laughs> ah, I love to talk about research. So <laughs> it, it would be an easy way. And so, and even in your local library, they do have, if you don't trust the interwebs, <laughs> which right. I which think is a, fair, I think a lot of times like it can be a little dicey on the internet Mm -hmm. um there are empirical articles that they are required to have so each library if you don't have money or access yes they will have a a grouping of I, i can't Remember periodicals, I think is what they're called in the library, the periodicals section. Yeah. And they'll have the scientific journals. Mm -hmm. And you can go ahead and pick up a mental health journal, a scientific journal about mental health, and just kind of peruse for topics that you're interested in. Yeah. And that's one way to get information about that sort of thing that you don't have to go online. But what we really want you to know, and this is no surprise to anybody, but guys, please, it's not Instagram, it's not social media, it's not Facebook anything that you are, it's not TikTok. No, I I have to tell you, I'm going to sound like get off my lawn right now. But (laughs) I've been on TikTok and Instagram recently. And I would say only about uh, 70%. I I would say 70% of what is being said on there is just totally fictional, Mm. not evidence based. Yeah, there's no sort of real it, it's a it's a financial scheme either somebody mm-hmm. is trying to make some sort of money on right. something mental health related or capitalize on something mental health related and this is not where you should be getting your information right. so please for the love of god do not go there for information you know and
1: if if some if you come across information if it sparks your interest that's cool but mm-hmm. go research it further don't just right don't just take that for face value yes like, explore further yes because like, i think that's there are those some of those platforms, I mean, it can bring about some good stuff, you know, mm-hmm. some interesting topics, but explore the topics. Don't yes. just <laughs> don't just be like, yep, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> this is what
0: it is now. And I will say so, when I was a researcher in the field of mental health, I had several colleagues and even myself where you would get contacted by news media websites or just news media at all, and they would do an interview on you and <laughs> they and they would try to report your research mm. and it was always inaccurate. Twisted. Always inaccurate. Ugh. So if you did a if you did a verbal interview with them, they would cut out certain parts of the verbal interview. That were
1: important. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that were important that lended context. Or if it was like a written interview, they would kind of misquote you or quote you in a way that made it seem like something else was happening. Mm. And they would kind of sensationalize the research findings where a lot of us as scientists were like, Well, we know, I mean We don't know for sure. This is just one little interesting finding. Right. But they wanted to make their news sell. And so we would often get misquoted. And I think to just keep that in mind, even with news media sites, is find the article that they're referencing because it's usually cited. And go to the article itself. Don't just read the news media website to get the summary because there will be a summary in the article itself. Right. And you can scroll down and click and find on it that summary. And just read the abstract
1: and it'll tell you what the hell right. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna give you the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to read the whole entire thing to kind of understand it, what's happening. But you're right. You can't just you can't just look at what what is being presented even in the news and and say, yep, that's what it is. No. Wherever they're referencing, go look at that reference and and look for yourself and make your own determination.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately what we're telling you right now is that Anything that has a financial hmm, incentive to present data in a way, just that is sens- sensationalized, is going to then do that. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all easy access to facts right now, it it often skews. And so you want to go back to the original
1: source itself, right? I mean, really, if it if it sounds too good to be true, if there's nothing critical noted, it's not good research. Like, if they are not trying to acknowledge the blind spots, if they are not trying to acknowledge possible errors, it's not good research. Right.
0: So Michaela referenced earlier that there are ways to... So if you're at a university setting, for example, that mm-hmm. you will often have access to a series of online journals. Right. And keep in mind, so people who have written dissertations or master's theses... We actually use some of those same online journals and there are some that are free. So for example, there is um, no paywall for a research site called PubMed. You would, just oh, have to, yeah. Yeah, you would just have to type in PubMed and then you can type in like into whatever search engine and it will bring up PubMed um, and what will happen is you can literally type into the search bar any topic that you're interested in. Usually, PubMed is for things like medical and psychological sciences. Right, so, right. it's going to be more of the healthcare field, but that would be one area to look. You could say um, depression in older adults. And you would get <laughs> any <laughs> so kind of research my, yeah. you ever wanted to know. And they would all be why, why this place is good, why this online journal article place is good is only journal articles that have been peer reviewed are allowed onto mm. this site. So what that means is that I, as a researcher, have done this data and this experiment. Then I write up what happened mm-hmm. in the experiment, and then I submit it for review to three to five of my peers in the field. Right. Three to five of these experts then look at it and they say, "Ah, eh, this is bogus, or yeah, this is pretty good. Right. Then they tell you to resubmit it with all of the revisions they make. They add different studies that they want to see done. They will add different articles that maybe you forgot to look at. And you go through this revision mm. process over and over and over again through multiple people who are not paid. Right. Like I've been a peer review journal or article person and I I didn't get paid for that shit. You just review it. You're like, okay, well, I'm a scientist, so right. this is free. So you know for a fact that the articles there are Not as
1: biased. Yeah, Yeah. they're they're they don't have a horse in this race, so they want to actually just get out good factual information. Yes, and they're going to bring about those other those shortcomings or those blind spots maybe, and be like, hey, what about this? Yes, yeah. For
0: the most part, now I will say that there
1: are some you do have to watch certain like medication
0: trial studies and things (laughs) like that. What?
1: (laughs) No, No, I'm so shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, shocked. I'm not that shocked. Yeah, no. No. (laughs) So how you can do that is. You want to scroll down on the article and you can see the affiliations Mm. and you'll look and sometimes for the medical ones, like I literally just did this for uh, Wellbutrin, for example. I had a person I knew who was struggling on Wellbutrin. I wanted to do a research review just to see what the research was on Wellbutrin. Um, I saw a study that said like, oh, it's the bee's knees. Totally great. Everything's Mm -hmm. great. And then I saw another study that said, "Uh, this kind of makes people suicidal. And I was like, all right, yep. well, let me see where these two different studies come from. The one that said, hmm, sometimes it makes people suicidal was like a study in Denmark that was just do- using their public health record.
1: Ooh.
0: So you knew it was like, okay, yeah. this is probably unbiased. The one that said everything was chill was done by some company that I couldn't figure out the name of. I was like, I've never heard of that company. So I Googled it. It was the pharmaceutical company uh... that was in charge of Butrin. And of course, yep. the scientists involved did say, like, they put a... Uh, disclosure on there that says like we don't have financial dog in this race but or or like we're not reporting this biasly but if you're employed by the company yes you have a dog in the race right so just keep in mind who's doing the research too and mm-hmm. what possible biases they have for me that means i'm not going to trust that as much as something that's a right. public health
1: record right yeah i think that's clear spot, spot yeah.
0: on spot on other places, Makila mentioned that you can find things on Google Scholar. Yep. You can literally Google Google,
1: Google Scholar. Scholar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and you can look up things on Google Scholar. Psych Info is another. I, th- I think you might have to pay for a subscription to that one, but that's a good place to find Ooh, other okay. mental health research. Science.gov, I believe, is free. And Science Direct, you do have to pay for. Scopus, you have to pay for. But all of those are good research review areas. And... Also, things like the American Medical Association. Oh, yeah. The American Psychological Association. Right. Is
1: there a social work equi-
0: equivalent, I assume?
1: Probably the American Social Work Association. There's a national, asso- yeah. There you national go. Social Association of Social Workers.
0: There you go. And they would have all of, they often post research articles and right. findings for free on those websites. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now that you say that, if you go to the NASW website, then you they you do have access to research articles. Exactly. Yep.
0: And they're free. Um, yep. And the reason why they're free is because these are scientifically proven. Nobody's trying to get a payment for something that's a scam. Right. Honestly, sometimes, <laughs> this one's going to sound silly, but sometimes even Wikipedia is not awful. If you go on <laughs> Wikipedia, you can actually scroll down to their clickable references and see, okay, like, did this, did, is this reference anything? Right. Is this a Journal article. And the way you can tell it is a journal is it has an abstract, it has an introduction, it has an experiment and a hypothesis and a conclusion. If it's just a website, that goes to like some news media chain then right okay well that's not what we're that's looking not, for yeah here.
1: that's but, not but anything yeah. but that's true yeah they do have the links and stuff
0: yeah they have like a uh, hundred references at the end of everything so look through their references see if right. you agree with their conclusions so now let's chat a little bit about what makes something a gold standard journal article or research study and what are some red flags for junk research so I already did say one red fla- <laughs> one red flag for junk research is if it is um completed or funded by the corporation right that it's researching that thing so if a tobacco company was funding a research project saying and then their their finding was tobacco is healthy for you right i might be dubious of this <laughs> <laughs> i mean just think about that for a second that's a, that's a really easy
1: one i don't believe you <laughs> Right, right,
0: right so what do you got here good research versus poor research
1: so I have, you know, indicators of, of good research. Um, it's an author from like a respected institution, maybe. You yeah. Know? It's in a respected kind of journal, like you were saying, like the Journal of Psychology or mm-hmm. something like that.
0: Nature is a, is a big one in the scientific field. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Uh, there's a clear research question. Mm-hmm. The description uh, of the methods used such is like written out in a way that an independent researcher could repeat the study.
0: Yeah, it should be like a cookbook. Like I should be able to do this with myself
1: with the right tools. Right. Randomized is always good, like if the participants are randomized. So
0: randomized means, for those of you who are in the scientific community, I have a pool of 100 people I'm going to experiment on, and I literally just pick a number. Okay, participant 57 goes into group one. I pick a number out of a hat. Okay, participant number twenty-seven goes to group two. Participant number one goes to group one. Participant number four goes to group two. Right? You just randomize like the participants across, and so that, and then you check to make sure there are no significant differences between the two groups of randomized participants that they truly are equal. Right. So randomization is key.
1: They're equally random. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're (laughs) equally random. And and the reason we do randomization is because like if I was an experimenter and I had a group of 100 people, maybe I could eyeball it and be like, ooh, you know, these 50 people, they might kind of support my hypothesis. So I'm going to put them in the group, the experimental group, and just kind of see what happens there. So you want to make sure it's random.
1: Yeah. And the use of like a placebo type thing is in that control group when possible.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So sometimes that means like, you give one group treatment as usual or something that mimics treatment. Right. And the other group
1: the actual treatment, the actual thing you're hypothesizing about.
0: Yep. So, right. the reason why you would give somebody a treatment as usual or something that mimics treatment is because there is something known as the placebo effect, which means that, like, if I gave, let's say we're doing a medication trial and I gave, me and Michaela are both in the trial. Mm-hmm. Michaela's in group one, I give her a yellow pill. And right. that, that is supposed to help with her anxiety. And I give me a blue pill, and that's also supposed to help with my anxiety. Even if one of those is a sugar pill, we will also we will both support the hypothesis that it reduces our anxiety. Right. If we know if we know what if it's the a placebo. Is. Yeah. 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 And that's called the placebo effect. Even if it's a sugar pill, I be- if I believe
1: that yes. this is not a sugar pill, I will see. I will report that there are improvements yes exactly again guys power of the mind exactly. <laughs> Like so that kind of goes back to that even yes you know so this is why we have two groups
0: yes sometimes three groups right it's not just one
1: so it's randomized it's a couple of different groups right and the blinding of those patients they don't know which group they're in
0: right right and sometimes we even keep the study kind of i wouldn't say like you you don't know what the study is but sometimes you don't know the entire purpose of the or the hypothesis right. of the study so that the patients can't fake good if right that makes sense
1: right normally you want like a sufficiently large sample size you know the smaller sample sizes are are hard to <laughs> right yeah
0: right you want what's called a high end value so you want more participants so it's like we talked about last time if i've got two data points it's hard to draw a trend between two or three data points right like you on need, a graph yeah. but if i have 50, I can be like, oh, for sure there's an upward trend here. You can mm-hmm. tell 100% sure if there are more people. The more people there are in a study, the more statistical power you have in that study. I'm not going to get into what that means, but statistically, it's a more powerful analysis
1: if you have more people in it. Right. And then within that study, there is adequate statistical analysis. You know, sometimes yeah. they, they don't even really like <laughs> some of those research things, like, well, here's the thing. It's like, but you didn't actually say what it was yes 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 (laughs)
0: exactly right there has to be some hypothesis like an understandable write-up yes yeah (laughs) yeah you had to be able to read what they have written a lot of people use a lot of jargon and a lot of the statistics don't make sense to a lot of us um who aren't trained in that sort of thing so yeah it needs to be written in a way that's understandable that's good science
1: there's also like if it has like a discussion that puts Uh, the other study like puts the study into context and notes like other previous important work. Mm -hmm. That's always a good indicator.
0: Yep. Or
1: if the discussion kind of tells you that the
0: the possible drawbacks or the weaknesses of the research, yeah, it's self
1: critical. It actually notes like, hey, like we didn't really. Here's where this could have went wrong, or here's like. Although these people were blinded, this one person, you know, right. like knew right. this thing. Or you know, here are outliers, or yes. here's where we
0: messed up. They they report flaws with frankness, and right. they report how they would modify the study if they were going to do it again. Yes,
1: yes, that modification definitely. And they no- generally have like a cautious conclusion. Like it's yes. not like it's not like this is what it is. It's like well, through the study, this is kind of what we determined, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no cure all. They're they're right. not
0: like well. This is Jesus. (laughs) Like, we did it? Jesus, (laughs) Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, it's not like this is the best thing since sliced bread. We are geniuses. Right. We discovered everything. Right. Lasers. It's like, okay, here's some stuff (laughs) this could help with, but you want to be careful in this other population.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here are the other drawbacks or here are the things that we should actually explore further. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's full disclosure about the informed consent, where the mm-hmm. funding comes from, yes, like you were saying. where the saying. funding comes from. Possible conflicts of interest. I mean, good studies will note that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll tell you right up front. There, A good study will, <laughs> you can always tell if something's good research, if it's not like overly slick and overly sexy and overly, it's, it's yeah. like, okay, if you're dating, <laughs> I keep going back to like, if you're dating, good research is kind of like, the quiet person who like under promises over delivers and Mm. kind of like tells you what's up honestly up front. Yeah. Yeah. Bad research is like, the bad boy like you know he's talking sweet to you and you know it's bullshit. you know he's
1: not gonna show up when he says he's coming yeah, yeah. he's not gonna show
0: up. you know he's like he's like telling you all these things about the future like you're gonna get married have 50 11 babies could put you on this motorcycle oh goodness, that sounds terrible
1: i have be all running the... already
0: <laughs> you're like I, i'm out i have a yacht all these things that you're like that can't possibly all be true like some of that has right. to be a lie That is bad research.
1: Right. (laughs) The bad boy is bad research. And of course, I mean, we already kind of said this, but it has those references um, included.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. A references section is critical because it means that they have looked at all of the history. They formulated their hypothesis
1: based on the existing research, and they're trying to
0: expand do upon new. that yeah. yeah
1: that was a lot of what i had for good indicators what else do you have sunny i love that absolutely fabulous um i also
0: have objective measurements mm. so for example if you're measuring something like depressed mood the the person in the research study doesn't just say to you like yeah i'm depressed <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's <laughs> That's yes, yes yeah not they use count. like a certain scale or yes. a system to measure it yes you, wa-
0: you want to use a validated empirically validated scale right. of depression that right. we as scientists use across the board, something like a PHQ PHQ9 9. <laughs> or a Beck Depression Inventory, right? Yeah. You'd want to see that in the research so that somebody's not just eyeballing it, being like,
1: "Yeah, I don't know, they look depressed." <laughs> like, right. They said they were depressed this day, then they said they weren't depressed this day, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's not how
0: this works. Or if it's a medical journal, maybe you want a blood test, Ooh. maybe you want an MRI, yeah. maybe you want a X-ray, maybe you want a range of motion test. Ooh but you need to feedback. Have something i used to be a health psychologist
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't no, tell at all no <laughs> no big deal
0: <laughs> oh man I, I haven't done that in a while but that was my first love i miss it i miss you health psychology anyway <laughs> <laughs> i haven't done that in I so long ever you're since- kind of doing it now though yeah i mean maybe not i don't know fully a little i'm mostly trauma stuff nowadays ever since the pandemic everybody's... No, i was meaning here for this oh yeah. i'm not saying
1: i'm not saying oh, yes. i'm not saying in the real i'm saying in our our podcast world yeah
0: <laughs> it's actually been really nice we should do a topic on health psychology we should just do like a couple of health psychology like smoking cessation hypnosis oh. all these different biofeedback all these different You're right i can talk about that for years I did have to talk about that for years. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, going back to it, you want objective measures. In the article, there will be a section called measures. You can look at how they are measuring their outcome. And it's not just them eyeballing it. There is some scale. There also should be multiple different parties that have come up with the same results when they're testing the hypothesis. Like, If I have this, I'm like, oh, I made this new... I made this new therapy. It is badass, but I'm the only one who can do those right. results. Well, that's a little sketchy, right? You want to see, like, you want you don't want just one study showing this thing, and if there is only one study, like they say in the study, like, yeah, we're the first to show this. We don't know what's going on. We need right. to research yeah, I was more. Yeah,
1: normally, that's what they say. They say this is the first one. Uh, hopefully, somebody else expands upon this because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or we're going to because what is happening? Right, right. <laughs> Whenever
0: we find stuff as scientists, we're like, oh man. Okay. We like triple check it. We're like, <laughs> that's weird. Okay. And then we publish it. We're like, Did that trash can
1: just spontaneous combust? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so they so they might have an interesting finding, but they're they're clear about the implications and then you want to see that other people have replicated it. You can also see sometimes that different sources that have conflicting inf- interests mm. actually agree on the same thing.
1: Yeah, that can, yes. That's a yes. big. That's a big, like, green flag. Yeah, that's yes. a big green
0: flag. It's like, okay, these two people who hate these, each other. Yeah, these, these two t-
1: people are like the Bloods and the Crips, and they're like, <laughs> okay, but this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a great,
0: like, that is my favorite thing to pick as a scientist. If there's, like, a bunch of different camps, but they all agree on one thing, yes. then you know that that shit, that's what it is. So, and then also there's proposed explanations for why the data turned out like it did in the discussion section, right. And that's called a mechanism of action. So why did this therapy work? They propose a hypothesis for like, well, we think it worked because X, Y, or Z.
1: Right. And
0: maybe they explore that further. That would be called a body of research or a program of research. When they have one hypothesis, they test it and they keep expanding, expanding, expanding in further studies. That's a body or program of research. Nice.
1: I'm learning things. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, those li- I didn't yeah. know that language. <laughs>
0: yeah. I TA'd for a lot of uh, research methods classes. This is unsurprising to anybody <laughs> yeah. everybody involved is like well no shit you are a dweeb
1: <laughs> you you're like an expert in my eyes right now I'm oh like, whoa
0: oh. <laughs> that's so nice here i'm like sitting in a blanket fort on a pillow just like in, in your spare room and with <laughs> with some gatorade and candy like in my sweats like <laughs> i feel like an expert baby yeah <laughs> so uh. the red flags Of the research. I'd love to talk about red flags of research. What would those be?
1: So if it's published in like a blog (laughs) or something similar, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, (laughs) blogs. Don't go for it. That's not real. (laughs) If it has like a single author, that's also probably not. That's a warning sign. Normally research studies have so many people involved. Yes. Great point. If authors are known to be proponents of the treatment tested, <laughs> yes. again, if they have some kind of connection.
0: If it financially is incentivizes them to say that the thing is right. good, then okay. Caution.
1: If they've maybe already previously published only like positive studies on that thing, mm-hmm. like if you go look, it's like, okay, well, here's like these are <laughs> there's clearly an agenda here. Right. If there's lack of like a plausible rationale for the study, like if it's like, okay, but why did you even do this study? Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) If it looks like an advertisement or it's
0: behind a paywall, like, oh, this therapy is super, super good. But to get trained in it, you have to pay two bajillion dollars. And we're not going to give you any research information about the treatment or specifics about the treatment. You just have to pay this money to know about it behind a paywall. That's fucky, y'all. That's weird.
1: Yep. Again, if there's money situations, like, question it. Yep. (laughs) If they're asking for money in any way or if it's somebody is making money in any Mm -hmm. way, question it. And obviously, if there's, like, grammar errors (laughs) or, like, spelling error (laughs) mistakes. I mean, I've come across those. And I'm like, wait, are you kidding me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. If the sample size is really tiny, like, if they did it on, like, three people or something, it's like, okay.
0: Absolutely. With the exception of case studies. Case studies is, like... Sometimes in our field we'll have a case study of like a really interesting rare thing that right. we'll write up. Like, okay, I saw somebody with dissociative identity disorder who also had let's say they had heart failure. And when I put them on this heart failure medication, they suddenly like their dissociative symptoms let up. Ooh. And I just wanna write this right is actually this a yeah.
1: Thing right. I that, just wanna write about what this experience is. Yeah. yeah case studies like, are legit. Yeah. yeah. It's like i don't know y'all that happened it just happened with this one person but that's what they're saying and they're they're acknowledging that okay this is just one case yeah and
0: like (laughs) they're basically throwing out a little flame ball into the universe and being like can somebody research this because i don't have time i'm just writing up this case study so that everybody knows this happened
1: so everybody knows that this could be a thing (laughs) yeah
0: but if but like Michaela's saying if it's like a research study and they got like seven people like "Mm." right nah
1: no thanks uh, if like if the methods aren't described in sufficient detail, so I know like yes. we said before, it's got to be a cookbook. So if you can't cook that recipe, yep. Like if what they're like they're leaving blank spots out. Okay, but how did you get from here to here? Yep, it's that's they're they're hiding some shit. <laughs> that's
0: exactly that's a problem. And I'll add to that, there is a thing that seems to trick people a lot that I've noticed that's going on in therapy research right now, where <laughs> these people will come up with a whole bunch of theories. Mm -hmm. Let's call it, I'm just going to make this up, the theory of, I don't know, why trauma affects your brain. Okay. And they will say a bunch of, quote, science. They'll be like, well, here is some neuroscience about brains. Here is some areas of brains that are impacted. Mm -hmm. Thus, this therapy will work on this area of the brain. But there is no... There's a disconnect. Yeah. Right? There's no... Like, there should be a middle section. Right. Of like... Wait, how'd
1: you get from there to there? Where did you? (laughs)
0: Okay, but did you test that? Right. And like, when you look at the sources, you just see it's a whole bunch of like textbooks and journal articles about like how the brain is structured and brain anatomy. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, I'm into all that. But it's like they took the research review and then they just said... This research thus means that this therapy will work, but they never actually did a randomized controlled experiment, not even once, on the therapy. They're just – Jumping to
1: conclusions, guys. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And this
0: happens in our field, unfortunately, a lot. A lot of therapists will just say, I've created this therapy. Here is the – and the theory seems really solid. But that's why we test the theory. Right. It has to right. be a That's why we do theory. the research. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I can have- Like your
1: theory for the sleep. That was yeah. a good fucking theory. Exactly. But once you tested it- It wasn't it. It wasn't it. It wasn't it. The right. science
0: is merciless. Right. Science is a cruel God. Like, <laughs> and they don't give a fuck. Science doesn't give a fuck what you think or what you care about. You must test your hypothesis. So like I said, as a consumer, if you're looking at therapies that work- there needs to be lots of examples of it working. Right. There needs to be an experimental manipulation, meaning there was a hypothesis. There were control groups. This is what they did to both groups. Right. These are the measures they had at the right. outcome.
1: Which is why like the evidence-based practices are such a, a big thing right now because right. that is exactly what they've... These are called evidence-based because they have been researched hard. Right,
0: right. right. And a lot of times what you're seeing on... Again, get off my lawn,
1: but a lot of times what you're seeing on
0: Instagram or Facebook is is not evidence-based. No. It's just theory, and the theory is great, but we don't know for sure.
1: Right. More stuff needs to be done. And I feel like what you just said is exactly my ne- like, mix, there's a mismatch between like the aim, the method, and the conclusion.
0: Yep. Yep. They're missing, they're missing things. Right.
1: If it's presented like only in a graft. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. like, yep. if it's just like, here you go, like, there's no real <laughs> written out thing. <laughs> it's like, this is what it is. Yep. If they're just statistical approach is inadequate, like, again, if they're not actually really analyzing, Mm -hmm. if there's discussion without critical input. So, again, Mm -hmm. they're just saying one sided. Yeah. Here's how wonderful it is. They're Mm -hmm. not actually having that critical part. If there's a lack of disclosing the funding, the ethics Mm -hmm. or possible conflicts of interest, Mm -hmm. like if they're not disclosing that shit, Mm do you take that with a grain of salt? Yep. And then if the conclusions aren't even based on the results, I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. you come across stuff and you're like, wait a second. Wait, what? That doesn't support that. Right. Why did you say that? That's not what that's saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a
0: weak finding at best. But then then the conclusions are like, this is the best. Right. You need to read the whole study. Right. So finally, it's important to remind our listeners that research is not immune to politics, money, power, or the culture that we live in. Research is situated in the context of our culture. This means that science and research is vulnerable to suppression and manipulation. Yep. Sometimes the research that gets selected or funded is the research that is popular with people who have financial or political resources. Right. In this way, we can have a skew of data. And it's important to acknowledge that this skew of data usually tends to be by people who have money power certain Mm -hmm. cultural backgrounds and we can talk about the ways a little bit that research can be um, manipulated or suppressed it's not that it's really good that we have the research we have right and we want to use that as a jumping off point but we also want to acknowledge that certain populations i mean just for example women um we (laughs) are our bodies have not been used as scientific test subjects for a lot of years the standard used to be males 170 to like 210 pounds mm-hmm. between a very certain age range and it turns out that medications don't necessarily behave Work the same the same, for same a way body. yeah yeah. But but it was thought that if we generalize that research to everybody, then that's what's up.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: like that's all who we research. That, that would be an example of something that has a cultural bias. Right. And that we can't apply all research results to all populations. So you need to be aware of what population the research was done in and right. know that, okay, well, that applies to that population. Right. And I have a hypothesis that it might that apply it might apply here.
1: But again, it's a hypothesis, and because, we still
0: have to test it. Yes,
1: yeah. Because let's be honest, the poverty groups, non-Caucasian groups, yes, they're so underrepresented in most of the research studies. Right, like their genetics, heritage, and cultures aren't heard enough.
0: Yes, and they're often again not researched. So a lot of times, we'll see again. People who have different ethnic backgrounds, people who have lower socioeconomic status, so lower financial resources, mm-hmm. certain religious minorities. There are all sorts of things that make a group less well-studied. Right. There's also you know, times where like true suppression can occur, where a certain company owns all the data about right. their product. Uh, I'm just going to use an example of social media companies. No, <laughs> I'm just saying it. I don't know why I'm saying it. No real reason. And that company, it directly conflicts with their business model to release research right. that um, it may be bad for mental health,
1: for example. Right. I mean, that was just something that came out recently. Yeah. You know, right. we, we knew that social, subconsciously, we all knew that social media was having a negative effect, but they, they only recently let that research out mm-hmm. to, indic- you know, that indicated that. they didn't They didn't want people to know. Right, right. And it's... <laughs> It's like minimal at best right now, but it's enough
0: to be like, eh, this might not be good.
1: Right. Um, It's enough to to raise a little bit of a flag and say, okay, we need to look at this further.
0: Right. We know finances, for example, like where the money is, like can suppress or influence or increase the amount of research in an area. Right. So like if you were a cigarette company, you wouldn't want research coming out about cigarettes. So you would want to vote for political figures or put money behind political
1: figures that would support your agenda and not Mm -hmm. research that and would research other things, for example. Right. Research medications for sense. you know, like (laughs) other ways to get money off of the smoking. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Or or maybe it would behoove them to help defund research associated with smoking and health risks. Like where money goes matters because the money can fund political Figures, which can then change the ways in which people vote, which can then change the ways the amount of money that is accessible for researchers. Right. So it does matter. Um, Like I said, low powered cultural groups so native black populations in the u.s for example Mm -hmm. latina Latina, latinx communities
1: native american
0: uh, yep belief systems about gender and sexuality so yeah just an example women in medical research were really not a thing it was supposedly because of their hormonal fluctuations we didn't even
1: (laughs) really bitch really yeah oh that makes me want to come at somebody like spider monkey you're gonna Mm. you want to call me hormonal call me hormonal
0: yeah it's so crazy it's so (laughs) crazy i mean there was even a period of time so i used to do rat research Mm -hmm. and we didn't even use female rats
1: no i'm not kidding you. oh my jesus i'm
0: not kidding you homie you're too
1: hormonal to even use the rat rats are even too hormonal
0: (laughs) when i think and this one i'm not sure of. i'd have to fact check myself here but i believe actually some of the male rats are more reactive in some ways which makes them poorer research candidates so anyway it's just like interesting, interesting. that we chose uh, the wrong choice right <laughs> just because of our cultural and belief systems right and what i i really want to make this part clear too what is considered evidence in a western culture and america is very specific right it's right. math logic finances But remember, and Michaela referenced this in the beginning, there are also alternative forms of evidence, but we want to balance them. Right. (laughs) Okay? So you can use your gut. You can use your emotions. You can use your lived experience, your intuition, personal experience, art, poetry, and particularly, guys, history, 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 history. history. I can't say that enough. But we must... Combine these. I am making so many hand gestures and not (laughs) just (laughs) use your gut. You cannot just use poems. You cannot just use math. You must balance these things in what we call wise mind, which is the summary to come up with the most kind of accurate truth and conclusions.
1: Yeah, because you're acknowledging the emotional aspect, but you're also acknowledging the logical aspect. Mm -hmm. So I do have, I have a good example. I'd love to hear it. So before I go on this rant, let me clarify. Uh-huh. I am not encouraging people to use marijuana or psilocybin. <laughs> uh huh. But I do think this is a really good, interesting example of kind of what we're talking about. So, marijuana and psilocybin or mushrooms are considered a Schedule One substance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Schedule One substances are things that we cannot do medical research trials on. You will you will get federal prison time. Yep. If you do research on these things. Mm-hmm. Other examples of Schedule One drugs are heroin, LSD, ecstasy, and qualudes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So marijuana and psilocybin, which are naturally growing substances, aren't allowed to be researched.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Schedule two In the drugs, US. what? In the US. In the US. In the US. Yeah. Yes, US, US. Schedule two drugs example is fentanyl, <laughs> oxytocin. Yes, <laughs> oxytocin. No, oxycodone. Is, oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. oxycodone. Yeah. Dilaudid demerol and yeah. morphine oh, yeah. so the <laughs> DEA is saying that marijuana has more potential da- like damage and danger uh-huh. than fentanyl
0: yep <laughs> but we can't conduct the research trial to prove this or or disprove this right same with psilocybin which right as somebody who's to teach a drugs and behavior class what's up <laughs> psilocybin actually only works like you cannot get high off psilocybin multiple times in a row. Just FYI. Like within the same month, it won't give the same high. Okay. So you can pretty much trip balls like once in a month. But if you were to do like mushrooms Try the to next over... day, yeah. you, you're going to be sober as a bone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Not the same as fentanyl, right? right. Very different.
1: That right. shit will kill you. Yeah. Straight that shit, like just yeah. a tiny amount will kill you. But
0: we can't research
1: it. But we can't research it. Yeah. Right. And so the philosophical debate, which is hard to prove, is that the- big pharmacy companies lobbied hard with the government Mm -hmm. to have those naturally growing things made illegal.
0: Mm -hmm. It's totally possible. Right. We can not prove or disprove
1: this. Right. So, I mean, the marijuana and the psilocybin studies that you have seen done are done in places where it's, you know, voluntary, legal. You can. In other countries. Yes. Mm Um, and there is debate, you know, about the problem with those natural drugs because you can't control all the variables because oh, every plant sure. is a little different and how you dose it differently. Whereas chemicals and synthetics are precise and the same every time. Like so, for there's sure. that debate going on too. Yeah. But I just think that's a good example. It's <laughs> you a perfect know, perfect example. <laughs> you we're not allowed to research this, right. and
0: that's a perfect example yeah. of research censorship Skew. or suppression. Yeah. Exactly. And it's important to just like remember science is asexual science is apolitical Science doesn't care science is a science
1: gives no f science just says okay but what are the facts
0: yeah science only wants to know the facts tell me the facts bro yeah (laughs) science is only concerned about the truth and boy god i love science (laughs) i just love science so much you guys i could talk about it all the time i literally i just i could talk about this all the time i couldn't I I never get to really discuss this in my current work situation and so it just makes me so excited to have these conversations. So anyway.
1: I love seeing the glow. She is so excited guys. Oh my god I
0: just I I probably. Sunny is
1: literally the sun right now. Yeah (laughs) I should probably
0: go back to being a professor. I just love talking to students and people about this sort of thing and helping them explore their interests and kind of further their curiosity. So I I certainly hope this helps you guys today with the same thing.
1: Right. So
0: speaking of how it's going to help us? What do we personally do if the research is not driving with our lived experience? And I know we get, we're running out of time, so we'll keep it short. But right. if if my research, what I see in the science, and what personally is affecting me, is not driving together, that's okay. That's totally right. fine. What I'll do is I'll hit the books first. I'll see what the existing research says, and I'll see if I'm essentially an outlier. Right? right? Is there a reason? Am I a different population? Okay. Well, maybe that's why I'm not responding to the med or the surgery the right. same way, or the psychology the same way. Am I statistically unusual here? Do I see myself represented in these research groups? Right. And if there is a reason why I'm not represented, okay, it might not apply to me, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, that's just someone else's lived experience. Yeah. You know. That's- <laughs>
0: yeah. I I say so. Then I ask myself, what is my hypothesis? Hypothesis about myself, and I test it, and I substitute some alternative explanations with what i know about the science but i'll add in some new ones i'll test it again so for example i had a knee thing a lot of years ago it was going on for like 10 years i kept getting like imaging on it people kept telling me i was fine and it turns out that Uh, Like, small, petite women have this particular thing go on a lot of time with their knees that does Mm. require surgery. No matter how much physical therapy I got, no matter what I did, it wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. Turns out I was underrepresented in the research, and Uh I had to kind of chuck the research and do my own hypothesis testing, Mm -hmm. and I basically did, okay – I did a whole course of PT. That didn't do it. Okay, I changed my diet to an anti-inflammatory diet. That didn't change it. Okay, I did a stretching routine and started yoga. That didn't do it. And so I eliminated several possibilities till I got to the possibility of surgery, engaged surgery. It worked, right? Mm. That was a situation where the medical science didn't support my, my own lived experience, but I was able to use the scientific method to hypothesis test.
1: Right. I also like with those, I mean- I think it's important to remember to do each of those kinds of things independently. Like if you yes. would have tried to do them all at once and yes. you wouldn't know which things, sometimes people are like, okay, I'm going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Okay, but now you don't really know right. what made it stick. Right, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it depends on like the urgency of the situation. Fair, fair. <laughs> like if I've
0: got a patient in front of me and they're like, I am not okay. I'm like, all right, we're going to Oh, yeah. There, the yeah, there are this. times that
1: I definitely <laughs> just throw a bunch of balls at the wall. But when it's my own personal research- yes. Do one thing at a time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. So what are we gonna try for some outside of the podcast experiments today?
1: So I do I do wanna just make sure that I'm continuing to be conscientious about what I'm believing when I when I read things. Again, I really do I like I like my gut instincts with people, with situations, but I do need to be more cautious. So I wanna use discernment and check the facts more as far as those kinds of research things I get really gung-ho especially in the weird shit like if it's really weird like I want to believe uh, <laughs> <Aliens>. so <laughs> yes I need to I need to be a little more cautious and conscientious and I I do what I have to just a continual goal of that like whether okay. or not it's truly explored I'll acknowledge maybe not but for sure how about sure. you
0: it's just it's just like uh, um what's that word a aspirational goal
1: yeah yeah yes
0: um mine is just to continue applying the scientific method with patients and teaching them the scientific method yeah yeah um because i think that every person should know this because it helps them it helps them save money it helps take control of your right. own health care it helps you c- take control of your own life and you're able to have autonomy easier yeah so i'm just gonna keep teaching it to patients and give some examples i like
1: that I've got a couple jokes for you. Good cuz I have
0: zero jokes.
1: Oh! <laughs> I'm not funny today. I asked my researcher friend what would happen if I tried to swim in a containment pool of nucle- of a nuclear reactor. He said, "Um, you would die pretty quickly from gunshot wounds." <laughs> <laughs> I like a little conspiracy theory with my joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's clever. I like that. All right, hit me. Okay. What do you call a highly cited epidemiologist researcher with a social media presence? I have no idea. An influencer, oh. An influencer.
0: <laughs> like influenza. <Yeah. laughs> that was clever. I really like this. Thank
1: God you had some jokes because my
0: my Ryan Gosling one was the best I had last
1: night. That's <laughs> it. I'm out. We're gonna have to start getting some random ones because I have some random ones just tucked away that are pretty good.
0: Oh yeah, I'm have to throw yeah. We, I can't always
1: stay on topic. Yeah, we,
0: yeah, right. And we didn't do a song today that was on topic. Whatevs. Anyway, I like y'all. It. We gotta mix it up. Yeah, we're just mixing it up. We're keeping it fresh, fresh and funky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flirty and 30. Okay, we're officially rambling. So, thank you so much for enjoying the pod today. And we
1: will see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.